it's time to resurrect relationships and it's time to resurrect marriages because marriage is not dead. Hello, loves, and welcome back for another episode of the Iron Wifey Podcast, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for this beautiful Resurrection Sunday, another Sunday, another week, another day, another opportunity to walk in the Lord's will for our lives. Now, again, it's Resurrection Sunday, which means today we are celebrating not just the life, not just the death, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fact that he is risen, that he is seated at the right hand of the father that he is going to come again to judge the living and the dead but most importantly that he rose and that he rose to give us eternal life and salvation and so i am grateful today for resurrection sunday i am grateful to be here with you i am grateful that our lord loved us so much that he would sacrifice his life for us to give us life eternally with him and i am just grateful y'all i'm grateful and i hope that you are also grateful on this resurrection sunday Now, speaking of resurrection, we often celebrate this holiday, this Easter, as people call it, this Resurrection Sunday in honor of Jesus Christ. And I think I told you guys last week how I had this whole plan about what this podcast was going to be and what we were going to talk about for the next few episodes and all the guests that I had lined up. And last week, the Lord just kind of checked me and was like, you need to put out a message about marriage. And so last week, we actually listened to um, a message from prophetess Juanita Bynum um, talking about the Proverbs 31 woman and the value of the virtuous woman and being a wife. And the Lord is still urging and pushing me to study marriage, to share more about marriage, um, and to share more about what it means to be a wife. Because, you know, we all are excited about marriage. We're all trained to not trained, but encouraged to become wives, but nobody really knows what that means biblically. And so today, specifically, I want to talk about the resurrecting of relationships. And when I say resurrecting of relationships, specifically marriages, because when we look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are so many lessons that can be pulled from his resurrection that can apply to marriage. Because unfortunately, in today's world and in today's time, a lot of people are saying that marriage is dead. They are like, they're they're saying that marriage is dead. They are not valuing the covenant of marriage, the ministry of marriage. And, you know, in this day and age, the fact that we have to, you know, ask each other what our sexual preference is in order to be married, or there are marriages that are celebrated that are same sex, or there are marriages that have polygamy in them, um, you know, where multiple people, I think I'm saying that right. I think it is polygamy where multiple people are getting married and you got the husband and the two wives or the wife and the two husbands. And these are things that are celebrated when the Lord has literally called for a husband and wife to be married. A lot of people are saying that marriage is dead. We are not talking about the value of marriage. We are celebrating the independent woman and how she don't need a man or the the man who don't need a woman. Usually it's the other way around, but we are just not, we are not speaking life into marriages. We are not speaking life of marriage in general. Um, And I believe that this is something, especially in the church, there there seems to be so many more 
people in the church, and I don't mean the building church, I mean the body church, the body of Christ, who are getting divorced. And so if we are building marriages on a solid foundation in Christ, we should not be the statistically highest divorce rate. You know, there shouldn't be as much divorce in the church among God's holy people, among those who are living righteously according to his word um, versus the world. And so today I want to talk about resurrecting relationships and specifically resurrecting marriages. But first I want to look at Resurrection Sunday, because, you know, this is the day that we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I have my notes here because y'all know I got to stay focused, Um, but I have my notes here. And when we look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there are one, two, three, four steps that I pulled from this story, right? Because before Jesus was resurrected, he was betrayed. And oftentimes in marriage, there is some sort or some instance of betrayal that took place where marriages eventually fall apart because of that that instance of betrayal. And in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was betrayed. He was betrayed by Judas. He was sold over to be crucified. And it was within his own home. You know, it was within his disciples. It was within the people who he held the closest to him, the 12 disciples, his 12 home dogs from the beginning to the end. Like these were the guys who were rolling with him every single day. And one of them within his circle betrayed him. And so first I want to talk about betrayal, but I'm gonna highlight the four points and then we're going to dive into them. But Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was sentenced to death. Jesus was buried. He endured a burial and then Jesus was resurrected. And so within these four points, not only does Jesus endure these things, but I believe that marriages also endure these things. You know, I don't care if you've been married for two weeks or 75 years, there is some sort of instance where at least one of these things must be, not even must be implemented, where one of these things is, it happens, but not to the death or the detriment of the marriage, if that makes sense. And I'm gonna dive into it a little bit more. Um, But first betrayal, right? So betrayal, the definition of betrayal is the violation of a person's trust or confidence or of moral standard. And so Jesus was betrayed by Judas. His friend sold him over to the authorities for some money, um, which basically sent him to his death, his crucifixion, and ultimately his death. And his friend ended up hanging himself, killing himself, because he felt so guilty for betraying Jesus. But the thing about betrayal is this definition talks about how it's the violation of trust or confidence or moral standard. Yes, there are instances within marriage where there is infidelity, you know, where somebody goes outside of the marriage, engages in sexual practices, and, you know, you have every right, according to the Bible, to divorce. But betrayal is not just unfaithfulness in the infidelity perspective, but it's also not adhering to your vows. The actual definition of unfaithful is not adhering to the vows or the allegiance or the duty. And so if you made a promise at that altar because marriage is a covenant. And when you came into this covenant, you you literally stood at an altar 
and you made a promise to God before these witnesses that you would adhere to whatever your vows were in sickness and in health and life and death. So death do us part. Like you made a commitment, you made a covenant with God to uphold these specific standards, these morals, when you said, I do. And so with unfaithfulness, not adhering to these morals, it's not just stepping outside your marriage to go sleep with some other dude. It's also not not keeping the promises that you made on the day that you said I do. Because with unfaithfulness, the definition, not adhering to vows, but adhere means to hold fast to, to stick by, as if by gluing, suction, grasping, or fusing, to give support to, or to maintain loyalty. I'm gonna say this one more time, adhere, to hold fast, to stick by, to give support to, or to maintain loyalty. And so when we are adhering to our promises, to our vows, to our allegiance, to our spouse, we are remaining faithful. We, we do not adhere to those promises made. We are unfaithful. And so betrayal being a source of unfaithfulness means that at some point, we did not give support to our spouse means that at some point we did not remain loyal to our spouse or we did not hold fast to our spouse because Ephesians 531 says a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are to become one flesh and so in marriage you are now a unit you are now no longer you know this woman and this man you are one you are one flesh and so in that one flesh you have to make sure that you are holding fast to each other. You guys are glued together, you're suctioned together, you're fused together. But in adhering to your vows, without betraying each other, you give support. And so when wives don't support their husbands, we are unfaithful. When husbands don't remain loyal to their wives, they are unfaithful. Unfaithfulness is not just infidelity, unfaithfulness is not love. And we know, according to 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient, love is kind, love is not self-seeking, love is not easily irritable, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Like, if you are not exhibiting love, if you are not patient with your husband or your wife, if you are not kind to your husband and your wife, if you are not, if you are easily irritated by your husband or your wife, you are not loving them. You are not loving them. And if you do not support them and you do not remain loyal to them, because loyalty is not just, you know, I'm a ride or die, me and you to the end. Loyalty is not choosing your family over your spouse. Loyalty is making your marriage a priority, not work, not your friends, not this dream over here. It's literally making your marriage a priority. And so if we are not loyal, to our spouse, then we are unfaithful. And that unfaithfulness is a source of betrayal because as we learned, betrayal is a violation of trust or confidence. And if your spouse can no longer have confidence in you, if they can no longer trust you to uphold your word, if you cannot be a person of your word, then they will feel betrayed. Because at the end of the day, divorce is not one person. Divorce is two people. 
because when they came into that marriage, those two people made an agreement and they made a promise and they made a covenant that they would fulfill and uphold these moral standards. But one person didn't ruin that marriage. It takes two. It takes two. And so we need to make sure that we are not entering into any sort of betrayal toward our spouse, which can cover unfaithfulness outside of infidelity. Now, infidelity, that is unfaithfulness. You go sleep with somebody else, you are being unfaithful. Yes, that is betrayal. However, unfaithfulness is a lot deeper than just infidelity. Unfaithfulness is lack of loyalty, lack of support, and not sticking by your spouse. And this is, this is not to say that if they're doing foolish things that you stick by them, this is to correct them in the Lord, praise the Lord, correct them, correct them with love. Um, but to not, to not remain loyal to them is to be unfaithful to them, basically. And so I just want you to understand that first with resurrection, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was betrayed by someone in his circle. He was betrayed by Judas, his friend. And so in a marriage, we should not be betraying those closest to us because in our marriage, our spouse is the person closest to us because we are one flesh. We are no longer him and I, it's us. We are one unit. And so we need to make sure that this unit is strongly rooted in the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word and his love and what it means to love. And we need to make sure that, that we don't step outside of that, that covenant. We do not betray each other's trust or confidence in each other. Okay. Now, secondly, the second point I want to talk about is the death of Jesus Christ. Now we know that Christ was crucified on the cross. We know that people spit at him and beat him and just demolished his character and spoke ungodly things about him and he was sentenced to death he was nailed to a cross like like physically nails were put in his hands and in his feet and a sword was pierced through his side this man was crucified on a cross in front of so many thousands and hundreds of witnesses and he died he did. He died. I know people be like, uh, no, Jesus didn't really die. Or they'd be like, you know, Tupac, he, he ain't really dead. No, he's, he's dead. Like Jesus died on the cross. And we know that his death is what brought us life. But the thing about death is when we look at the definition of death, death is the permanent sensation of all vital functions or the end of life. The permanent, sorry, cessation of all vital functions or the end of life. Now, cessation means to stop. Vital means of the utmost importance. And so basically, it is stopping anything that is of importance that allows us to function. The end of life. Another definition is the loss of life or the cause of ruin. And so in marriage... When we say that marriage is dead, we are saying that we are no longer, we are stopping the focus of anything important within marriage permanently. We are stopping that. Or in other words, divorce. Because the definition of divorce is to make or keep separate. It's the action of dissolving a marriage. And dissolve means to bring to an end. And so by not focusing on what is most important, we are bringing 
in action, we are bringing something that is legally binding to an end. And so if we look at this in layman's term, we stop doing what's important. And the thing is, we are not valuing or prioritizing our marriage. When you get married, it's like, everything is great. You're in the honeymoon stages. You know, the world is great. Everything is good. And then life kicks in and you got to go to work and they got to go to work. And then if you have kids, then responsibilities, more responsibilities kick in. And the thing is marriage has blinded so many people from the actual relationship because you're so focused on the lifestyle of marriage. You're not even focused on building up the actual marriage because a marriage is not just the house and the car and the kids and the family. The marriage is you and your spouse. It is the ministry of service between you and your spouse. It is the way that you serve the Lord through how you serve your spouse. It is the way that you show love and exhibit love to the Lord through how you love your spouse. And a lot of people have gotten married and they've lost touch with the marriage, the covenant between them and their spouse, the thing that allowed the two of them to become one flesh. And so when we lose life, when we experience death in a marriage, when there is a divorce, we are stopping or we are now no longer allowing ourselves to focus on what's most important, which is the unit between husband and wife. Because at the end of the day, you don't put your kids before your spouse. You're not supposed to. You don't put your kids before your spouse. It is you and your spouse. Then it is your kids. It is your relationship with the Lord. It is your relationship with your spouse. Then it is, a, it is your relationship with everybody else, including those who come from you. And so we need to make sure that we remain, that the important things remain the important things. And that we're not killing off or experiencing death in a relationship because we're putting other things that are outside of that relationship before that relationship. Because that will bring it to death. Because if we think about the enemy, right? Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, of course, it's easy for him to plant this seed that marriage is dead and that, you know, it's okay for you guys to not be married. It's okay for you to do all the things that marriage is without actually signing on the dotted line or putting a ring on the finger or whatever you want to call it. The enemy is going to use the destruction of marriages to attack the world. Because if you think about it, marriage is a way for the earth to remain fruitful, right? So Genesis 9, 7 says, be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. God created marriage for man and woman, right? God created sex for man and woman. Sex is a beautiful covenant within marriage. Now, of course, we live in a world where sex is whoever you meet on a Saturday night, but that is not God. And so I'm not talking to you worldly folks. And if you're listening, I hope you're listening, but that is not God. That is not God. For those who live a godly life, for those who are dedicated to Christ, for those who are actually applying the principles of the Bible to their lives, they know that not only is marriage between husband and wife, but marriage is a covenant before God, and it is an opportunity for us as a unit to be fruitful, multiply, and repopulate the earth. And so when the enemy comes to destroy marriages, 
he is coming to destroy life because through marriage and through sex, we give life to another generation of children or souls who we then raise up in the word, which the Bible says, raise your children in the world. They, sh- they were in the word, not the world, raise your children in the word and they shall not depart from it. We are raising another generation of souls in the word that will then be, that will then go on to serve the Lord, right? So when the enemy kills off marriages, when he destroys that unit of marriage, when he causes divorce within all these, he doesn't even cause divorce. When he plants the seed of divorce and people plant and water that seed and let it grow. And eventually it comes to the dissipation or the the dissolving of marriages. Then of course, there's no way for you to be divorced in the world. let's, Let's take the world out of this, right? When the enemy causes divorce, there is no way for you to repopulate the earth, to have sex, to have children, to be, to be in a position to be fruitful and to multiply, if you are living for the Lord, to be fruitful and to multiply because that unit is no longer together in order to bring new life. The unit's no longer together in order to bring new life. And so death to a marriage, aka divorce, is the enemy's way of destroying the earth. Because when he attacks marriages, not only does he attack a unit that God has put together, but he allows for that unit to become separate And when you are separate, he has more leverage because he can not only attack you, but he can attack your spouse individually. Because when you are a unit, I want to say, I don't know where it is, but the Bible says that um, it's stronger to have two back to back. And then three is like a triple braided cord. And the Lord is that that third foundation. Like when you have the Lord as your foundation in your marriage, not only are you strong enough to defeat the enemy together, but with the Lord, nothing is impossible. And so marriage is our opportunity to come into, to come into agreement with our spouse that we are going to defeat any scheme of the enemy together with the Lord as our foundation. Because when I am weak, usually my husband is strong. And when he is weak, usually I have strength. But there is never an opportunity where both of us are weak because our foundation of marriage is planted in Jesus Christ. And when we bring death to marriage, when we celebrate divorce, when we encourage, you know, sex outside of marriage, or we encourage relationships that are not godly relationships, we are speaking death over marriage. And so for the world to say that marriage is dead, I am not saying that marriage is dead. I am saying that people are sleeping on marriage and we definitely need to wake up. Speaking of marriage, y'all, I'm sitting here texting my husband because he's supposed to be coming home in like one minute and I'm still recording. And so I don't want us to cut off just yet. (laughs) Or maybe y'all would hear him come in. It's all good either way. But anyway, okay, so we talked about the betrayal. 
within marriage, as well as the betrayal and the resurrection Sunday. We talked about the death of Jesus Christ and what it means when we speak death over marriage or what it means why the enemy is attacking marriages and wants them to die because it stops us from carrying out new life. It stops us from being able to experience life. It brings an end to that covenant, to that that triple, that triple braided cord, that strong unit that the Lord has brought together through the marriage covenant. And next up, we're going to talk about the burial. But right now, we'll go to a commercial break and we'll be right back. Hi, loves. It's Michaela here. Just coming to you with a short commercial break because uh, speaking of supporting your spouses and uh, just maintaining that support and encouraging and uplift them. I want to support my spouse and a new venture of his. My husband, Duran Robertson, is a gamer. Yes, video games. He's a gamer. He actually has a YouTube channel called Iron Angel and Iron Angel Gaming, and he just launched a new merch line. And so basically, I'm a Gamer by Iron Angel is designed to celebrate what it means to be a gamer. It's designed to celebrate those who have been given the gift of gaming, the gift of entertainment, and to celebrate those who may not think that gaming is cool when really it is. For a lot of people, it's an escape. And so if you are a gamer or you know anyone in your life that plays video games, we have t-shirts, we have tank tops, we have hoodies, and all for even toddlers, kids, and adults. And so please visit ironangelgaming.com to purchase your merch today and to support my spouse as we just hop on this new venture of apparel and what it means to be a gamer. So I can't wait to see everyone in their I'm a gamer gear because I'm a gamer and gaming is cool and you should think that too. <laughs> All right, loves, let's get back to today's episode. Okay, guys, so before the commercial, we literally touched on betrayal of Jesus Christ, as well as the death of Jesus Christ. On this Resurrection Sunday, we are breaking down uh, how we are resurrecting relationships and marriages through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so next up, I want to I talk to you guys about the burial of Jesus Christ, because once he was crucified, once he died on the cross, Jesus was buried. And the definition of bury is to dispose of by depositing in or as if in the earth. Another definition of, of bury is to defeat overwhelmingly. Now, the, before the break, we talked about how death within marriage and divorce is the biggest defeat because the once the enemy attacks the unit of marriage, he attacks the foundation of life. You know, we are supposed to be fruitful and multiply and to repopulate this earth. And so when he defeats a marriage, it is an overwhelming defeat. And after the death of Jesus, his burial was a testament to defeat when it came to the witnesses that were in the crowd, right? Because there were people in the crowd who did not like Jesus and actually wanted him to be crucified and wanted him to die. You know, they released a murderer before releasing Jesus, which then people back then was tripping, but those were our ancestors. So clearly we need to repent on behalf of our ancestors. But when we look at the death of Jesus, his burial filled all of those who witnessed his death with defeat because the people in the crowd witnessed this perfect man be betrayed. They witnessed him 
be crucified in front of their eyes. Uh, they witnessed him hit, take his last, last breath and die. They witnessed this earthquake. They witnessed these souls rising from the ground into heaven because that happened when he died. And even though some of those people encouraged the death of Jesus, the fact that Jesus allowed for his human body, because remember, Jesus is the heavenly father manifested in the flesh. And so he was perfect in everything. He is literally the manifestation of God. And so God could have easily just been like, Jesus died and then his body disappears and goes up to the ground, like goes up from the ground into heaven. He very easily could have done that very quickly. And it would have been like, wow, okay, you really are the son of God. But the thing was, Jesus allowed his body, his flesh, his fleshly body, his carnal body to be taken off of this cross and examined and prepared for burial. He allowed his body to be buried because once, once you are dead and you are buried, that preparation of burial is proof that you were actually human to begin with. And so for those who did not believe that Jesus was human, for those who did not believe that Jesus actually died, I mean, you can't, you can't not die or you can't die and not be buried if you're not human. Like his burial was proof that he was indeed the manifestation of God in the flesh, basically. But ultimately, his burial was the acceptance of death because people watched him be betrayed. Like, just think of the disciples that are following him. They followed him. They saw his teaching. They saw his healing. They saw his miracles. They did miracles themselves. They saw his betrayal. They sat at his table. They broke bread. They drank the wine. They engaged in communion. They watched him be crucified. They watched him be chastised. They watched him be beaten. They watched him hung on a, on a cross. Like you are one of these disciples that's following Jesus. You watched all this happen. And he is telling you that he is sent from the father. He is telling you that he is the Messiah, the savior, and you are believing him and you have the faith that he is what he says he is. And then he dies and then he dies. And so you have to either remain faithful as a disciple who had followed Jesus Christ all those days. You have to remain faithful that now nah, he ain't really dead. Like he's coming back. He said he was coming back. You have to maintain that faith. Or once you saw him buried, you knew that was it. And he wasn't coming back. You accepted death. And his burial was the acceptance of death. And I believe that when it comes to marriage, many people today are accepting the death of marriage or the death of faithful relationships. Because too often I hear women speak death over their spouse. Nationally, like just, just whatever it is, you know, like, you know, like we hear like, oh, you know, man ain't this and man can't do this and all this stuff. Okay. When it comes from the world, I understand what you're talking about because you don't value the covenant of marriage. But when you have wives who are like, oh girl, you know, my husband, he ain't worth nothing. Like you are speaking death over your husband. When these men are not taking their rightful place, when these husbands are not taking their rightful place as the authority figures of the household, when they are not doing what they need to do in order to make sure that their relationship with God is on point in order to lead their husbands, they are leading their, their families down a path toward death. Down a path toward death. Marriage is not just 
it's not just a, a piece of paper, y'all. Marriage is a ministry. And when we enter into that ministry, we are entering into a lifestyle that leads to life. And so as women, we need to speak life over our husbands. The thing, the powerful thing about the message that I shared with you guys last week, uh, Prophetess Juanita Bynum's message is that she was talking about how we need to have more marriages in the church. <laughs> we do, we need to have more marriages in the church. And the thing is, we are not we are not speaking life over marriage as a unit, but we are not speaking life within our own marriages. There is no reason why a woman should ever speak down on her husband. Never. Now, even if he ain't it, you take that before the Lord. You don't take that to your friends. You don't take that to your family members. Even if he's lacking in certain areas, you don't harp him for what he lacks. You take that to the Lord. You pray for your husband and then you encourage your husband and uplift him. We should not be tearing our husbands down. We need to build them up. We need to speak life into these men. We need to speak life into these men because it is these men who are going to lead our homes. It is these men who are going to step into the position of authority. You know, we didn't get kicked out of the Garden of Eden when Eve sinned. We got kicked out when Adam sinned. Because Adam should have been in a position to literally correct his wife. And I know that a lot of independent women are not going to enjoy this message because it is more about submission. But the thing is, I, I am perfectly fine with submitting to my husband as unto the Lord, as the Bible instructs me in Ephesians 5. Submit to your husband as unto the Lord. And the very end of that passage said wives must respect their husbands. And who am I to sit here and tell my husband that he ain't nothing or to tell my husband that he's lacking in something? That is not respect. That is not what the Bible tells me to do on behalf of my husband. If I have an issue with him, then I need to take that issue to the Lord and ask the Lord to correct him and ask the Lord to change him and ask the Lord to move on his heart, not for me to be the answer. Like, no. Who am I? Like, no. And one thing is Proverbs 14, one says a wise woman builds her home, but a fool tears it down with her own hands. I do not want to be the foolish woman tearing my own hand, my, my own home down with my own hands. I do not want to be the foolish woman who buries my marriage because of my tongue, because I couldn't hold my tongue because I didn't see what I wanted to see because I was comparing my husband to all these other marriages or relationships that I'm seeing on social media. A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Listen to that woman. A wise woman will build her house. Build. Building takes work. Building takes literally putting them, the clay and the, the dirt and the stones together and forming the bricks and laying it brick by brick and making sure that everything in the home is together and praying over the home and making sure that there are no outside spirits coming into your marriage, coming into your household, coming into your children. Building takes work and a wise woman, a woman of wisdom will build her home. She will build her home on a solid foundation because we know that according to the Bible that Jesus is the cornerstone. And so with him being the cornerstone, the foundation, then it will be a house that will not fall. But a foolish woman tears her home down with her own hands. 
she tears it down with her own hands. She takes each brick and tears it down. Each insult to her husband, tearing it down. Each time she doesn't pray over her spouse, she's tearing her home down. Each time she's not in submission, she's tearing her home down. Each time she doesn't serve the Lord, tearing her home down. A wise woman builds her house, but a fool tears it down with her own hands. And when we tear something down, we are returning it back to its foundation, back to the earth. We are disposing of it as in the earth, we are burying marriage. When we are not in submission to our Lord and Savior, we are burying marriage. And we do not follow the Bible according to how we are supposed to be in ministry, according to how we are supposed to be in service to our husbands as wives. We are burying the marriage. And Jesus, Jesus's burial was acceptance of death. And I do not want you to accept death in your marriage. We will no longer as a church, as a body, accept death in marriage. We will speak life into these husbands and wives. At least I know I will continue to speak life into all husbands and wives, myself included, my, my, my husband included. We will speak life into marriage. We will encourage each other's marriages. We will uplift and pray for each other's marriages. Okay, y'all. But anyway, burial. We will no longer be disposing of our marriages or burying the foundation of marriage or tearing down our own homes. Because the beauty of Jesus is, after his burial, y'all, he was resurrected. Come on. He was resurrected. He is risen. Today is Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the fact that not only did was he betrayed, not only did he die, not only was he buried, but he rose three days later. He rose. He said what he said, and he did what he said. He said that on the third day, he was going to rise again. He said that he was the salvation. He said that he was the Messiah. And guess what? He was. He said that he was the son of God and he showed it. He showed it and he rose. He is risen. Matthew 28 verse five through seven says, then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was laying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The fact that this angel told these women who were looking for Jesus to come see where his body was laying showed that there was a burial, showed that there was acceptance of death. But he said, come see it. Like, come here, come see it. Go, go look in that tomb because he ain't there no more. He has risen from the dead, and I praise the Lord for his resurrection. I praise the Lord that he rose from the dead, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he will come again to judge the living and the dead, and that he is who he said he is. His word is true. His word will not change, nor has it ever have, nor will it ever will. I am grateful for the resurrection of Christ, right? And our resurrection means the, to raise from the dead, or to bring to view, attention, or use again. To bring to view, attention, or use again. And so we know that when it comes to marriage, when it comes to divorce, when it comes to the death that has been spoken over godly relationships, 
We know when it comes to death that it's because we have lost sight of what was important. But here in the resurrection, the Lord is bringing back into our attention, bringing back into our sight what is most important, what we need to use again, what we need to focus on, what needs to become our attention. I believe that marriages are going to be resurrected this year. I believe that relationships, godly relationships are going to be resurrected this year. Jesus Christ is proof that there is a resurrection. And so I believe that through his resurrection, through the resurrection of Christ, through Christ being raised from the dead, through Christ being through Christ rising to life shows that there is a state of resurrection that will take place, that is taking place, that can take place within all aspects of our lives, including our relationships and including our marriages. Because a few episodes ago, we had, um, I talked about a wake-up call, right? Talked about a wake-up call and how Jairus's daughter, this is the story in the Bible, um, the, one of the Roman soldiers was like, hey, come save my daughter. She's dead or she's dying. And Jesus ended up, you know, going there. And by the time he got there, she was dead and everybody was crying. And he was like, y'all parents come with me. Everybody else stay out. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And Jesus reached out to the girl and he said, Talita kumi, which means little girl arise. Little girl arise. The resurrection is Jesus rising from the dead. When Jesus raised Jairus's daughter up from the dead, he said, little girl, arise, I'm bringing you back to life. And so that wake up call was for us as women to rise, to stop sleepwalking when it comes to our relationships with Christ and to rise from the dead. Because a lot of us as women, a lot of us as wives have been sleeping, not only through our relationships with God, but through our marriages as well. Many of us have been asleep. We have been dead to our households we have been dead to our husband's needs we have been dead to our husband's struggles we have been dead to prayer we have been dead to uh, worship and service we have been sleepwalking you know Jesus said she wasn't dead she was asleep so we have been quote-unquote dead hashtag hashtag sleep stop sleeping um we have been sleeping to the very responsibilities that God has given us as wives. And I believe that this Resurrection Sunday, the Lord is saying, Talita kumi, little girl, arise. Just like I rose from the dead, just like I was crucified and I rose, I believe it's time for you to rise. And I believe it's time for you to take your rightful place, seated at the right hand of the man that I have given you, for you and him to be able to walk in ministry in order to bring me glory through your marriage. Little girl, it's time for you can it's time for you to arise. And if Jesus can raise from the dead, if Jesus can defeat death, then so can marriages, y'all. So can marriages. I'm so tired of hearing about divorce. I am. I'm so tired. Out even in the the world's eyes, even in you know these celebrities and these people of influence, I'm so tired of hearing about divorce because if Jesus can be resurrected, your marriage can be resurrected as well. But it has to be rooted in a foundation built on Christ, because that wise woman who built her house, built her house, built her house, built her house, her house, not just a physical house, but built her spiritual house on a foundation of Jesus Christ. 
And we need to return or to bring back into view, we need to remember what is most important, which is our relationship with God, our relationship with our husband, and rise and build our home, rebuild. If we have to rebuild, we need to rebuild our homes on that foundation of Christ. On that foundation of Christ. So yeah, y'all. It's time to resurrect relationships and it's time to resurrect marriages because marriage is not dead, nor will marriage ever be dead because that is the enemy's tactic. That is what he wants to do. He wants to kill off marriage. He wants us to believe that there is no purpose or reason or rhyme for us to be married. He wants us to believe that it is better to be independent and single and living your best life than it is to be in a godly relationship and godly marriages that gives all glory to God and brings new life into this earth so that we can raise our children in order to become more selves that are on fire for the Lord. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants us to believe that marriage is dead, but y'all, it's not. It's not because we are resurrecting relationships. We are resurrecting marriages. We are resurrecting because Christ was resurrected from the dead and we will resurrect the relationships that we have with our spouses, husbands and wives. I'm calling both of y'all. We will resurrect these relationships. And so if you are married, I want you to wake up and I want you to pray for your spouse. I want you to not be unfaithful to them. And I'm talking physically and spiritually, but I'm also talking about supporting your spouse, uplifting them, encouraging them, wives and husbands. It's time for us to resurrect marriage and relationships and love within marriage and relationships. And like I said, unfaithfulness is a lot more than just infidelity. Unfaithfulness is lack of loyalty, is lack of support. And if we are not supporting that one person who is literally attached to us, the person who we are one flesh with, then we are not supporting the body of Christ because we are the body. So we need to support and uplift and encourage and pray for our spouses. And if you are single, I encourage you to pray for your spouse. Y'all, when I was a little girl, I literally prayed for my husband. Since I since second grade, I would pray for my husband. I would be, I remember I had a bunk bed, <laughs> had a bunk bed uh, in elementary school. My sister was on the top bunk and we would say prayers. And at night I would be like, Lord, please bless my husband. I hope he had a really great day, even though I didn't. I hope that you protect him and keep him safe. Because at that moment, in that season of my life, as a child, second grade, I knew that I was called to be married. I knew that I was called to be a wife. And I knew that the Lord had a man in store for me. I didn't know who he was. I knew that I had at least 20 something years before I was supposed to meet him, (laughs) but I was still praying for him. And so if you are single and you have a desire to be married, the Lord has given you that desire. And so I encourage you today to pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse, but also pray for the Lord to prepare you for your spouse, because as he prepares you, he will prepare them for you. And when you come into that covenant of marriage, you will both have a foundation rooted in Christ that you will be able to build on so that you can continue to be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth, but also to give God the glory in the ministry of marriage and the covenant of marriage that you are entering into. So it is very important for you as a single person to pray for your spouse pray for them. And I don't mean like, Lord, send me my spouse, please. I mean, actually pray for them wherever they may be. May he keep them in great health. 
may he may he forgive them for their sins you know may he order their steps according to the lord's will according to the word the, the word of the lord for their life may he allow them to no longer suffer from depression or anxiety you know the holy spirit is an advocate on our behalf and if you don't know what to pray the holy spirit will lead you on what to pray and it's crazy because some of the things i prayed for my husband back then i had no idea he was truly suffering with back then and now here we are seven almost eight years into marriage and i'm like wow I had no idea that you were literally going through this exact thing that I was praying for you back then when I didn't even know you was my husband, but I knew that the Lord called me to pray for my spouse. And so I encourage you again, if you are single and if you are married, I don't care if you're in a relationship, keep praying for your spouse. It's important. Pray for your spouse. But yes, y'all today is resurrection Sunday. Just like we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, I want us to celebrate the resurrection of godly relationships and marriages around the world. I want us to know that, res that the resurrection is not just for the dead or the spiritually dead, but it's also for the relationships that may have been dead or spiritually dead. If you are, if you are in a marriage and you know that this message blessed you, please support this podcast. Please rate, review, comment, share this episode with somebody. If you are single and you know this episode blessed you, again, please support the podcast. Rate, review, share it with somebody, comment. I don't care. Just support. I don't care. Support. Either way, I'm going to show up here and I'm going to allow the Lord to lead me in whatever message he is giving me because I know that this is one of the callings and purposes on my life. I know that I am called to use my voice in order to sharpen and encourage women in Christ. And so I know that I am here as a vessel to be used by the Lord and whatever he has to share with you is what he is going to speak through me. And so I accept this responsibility humbly like I said, I had other plans, y'all. This was supposed to be a whole series, but it's it's changing. So we're going week for week. Um, but I do praise the Lord for this message because even in studying and writing and learning more about marriage, I am just learning so much more about the beauty of marriage and what God has in store for husbands and wives. And I am just learning so much more because here we are, Iron Wifey, here to sharpen and encourage each other in Christ. Okay, y'all, but happy Sunday, happy Resurrection Sunday. Enjoy fellowship, enjoy family, enjoy food, enjoy faith and enjoy fun. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your resurrection, for giving us new life, for your sacrifice, for your life, and for all that you have in store for us as your children. Praise the Lord. Resurrection Sunday. Here we are. And thank you all, my loves, for tuning in to another episode of the Iron Wifey Podcast. I will see you all next Sunday in another episode. Bye.